right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Great Heavy Music Podcast. We are back and we are bigger and blacker than ever. That's it right. is Alex Peterson with me, my trusty sidekick, Philip John Collins. Phil, say hi to the folks at home. What's the word? How you guys doing? Hi I to the folks am, at home. I am ready for a great episode of the awesome. Great Heavy Music Podcast. Phil, how are you feeling today? Feeling pretty good, man. I'm ready to roll. I, ready to I am not going to do, like usual, we're not going to do too much talking about the albums, but I'm anxious to hear what you think because I gave you one of my top five all-time favorite albums to review. So you're either going to crush my soul or you're going to make me a very happy man. Either way, it's not going to change my opinion on the album. But let's dive into this. Let's get going with our That's, That's so, so metal. metal segment. Phil, did you hear about the dinner plate sized tarantula that killed and ate an opossum in the Peruvian Amazon? No, that sounds pretty metal, though. That's so it's metal. It's super metal. And it, there's a video. So I encourage you to go oh, watch, watch that. this horrifying beast from hell murder and pillage an opossum i'm glad and, you use the word murder there yeah well it was premeditated yeah right, exactly the motive was there and people talk a lot about or i shouldn't say they talk a lot about they commonly depict hell as a fiery place where you're just terribly uncomfortable because of heat for me hell would be the Peruvian rainforest covered in dinner plate sized tarantulas with legs as thick as toothbrushes. That's pretty hellish, I'll definitely say. Um, or you could have those but fire resistant versions of them that exist also in the fire and they're just getting murdered again and again, only to be brought back to be murdered. Is a compelling reason to be a good fella. Yes, right. I love, I love the hell. I love the morality behind hell. It's not like, um, don't necessarily look into your heart per se. Just don't do bad things, so bad things don't happen to you. It's a completely, it's a self-preservation motive. It's not really about like doing things out of the kindness of your heart. That to me, that's what that's why I love the concept of hell. It's like, oh. Here's a here's a deterrent, basically. Like it's not about like looking into yourself. It's like don't get murdered by fire and tarantulas. It's an intellectually low level uh, exactly approach to try to make somebody uh, right. course correct. But you got to see this video, man. I, I I think it's that's so metal also because the researchers, the scientists who are there studying these Amazonian animals and insects and whatever the hell else they're doing. They, one guy apparently saw this taking place and he kind of ran back to the camp and said, guys, you got to come check this thing out. And they all willingly and excitedly came to see this thing. It is beyond horrifying. That sounds awesome. I got to check it out. It's so, it's face, I mean, it's like, it really is like looking into the eyes of hell. It's just got this horribly terrifying face and it's dragging the dead opossum with just its fangs. All of its legs are ambulating to move itself and the opossum. But it's 
carrying, for lack of a better word, I guess dragging is the best term, it's dragging it with just its fangs, meaning its fangs are large and strong enough to carry an opossum dragging through the brush. Do you think that tarantula likes cannibal corpse? I would think that that tarantula, because of what it is, loves cannibal corpse, but maybe even more so cattle decapitation. Okay, yeah, exactly. That thing, lo- and it, like, probably, it probably loves blast beats and shit. It's probably it's got all his legs for it. It's probably got the sickest beats ever. It could play four double bass drums at once. Yeah, yeah he's been killing it. That tarantula's that's pretty metal. I'll, I'll give him that. And if he stood up on his back two legs, or back four legs, and just headbanged, it would be the illest headbang ever with those fangs out. Oh my god, yeah. He's a problem at the mosh pit. Like everyone's like, yeah, he's pretty metal. When he comes around, it's like, oh god damn it. Here's the <laughs> you didn't bring your trash to the buddy, did you? He rages yep. too hard. <laughs> yeah, I know he killed a couple people last time, but trust me, he's cool. Right. Just get over it, guys. Well, uh, that that was uh, our that's so metal segment. Phil, I love you for uh, indulging me on that one, and I'm excited to do rock paper scissors this week with you because last week you completely stiffed me on the rock paper scissors. So have you been kind of thinking about what we might do today? Do you understand the game? I mean, I get it. It's I don't know that it's a problem of not grasping the concept as much as... I don't know if it's stage fright. I think that little part of my brain, it's like, oh, I got to pee in front of people. It's the same problem when I have to, like, produce <laughs> something for the game. So I'm like, uh, uh, uh. Well, That's I, what I think's happening. We had a backdoor discussion off-air last time about it, and I thought it was so funny that you said to me you were going to say rock. But you, right. you didn't because rock was one of the three original pieces of the puzzle. <laughs> right. Which I feel like, is that against the rules? No. But that's pretty weak. <laughs> well, it goes with, it's like it's rock, paper, scissors, but don't, you know, but without the original three. And you're like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. But what if I just do one of those anyway? <laughs> like, it kind of defeats the purpose of not, of, just, of like doing something other than rock, paper, scissors. And there's just no way you would have beaten me when I had pickaxe. It would have been the perfect showdown that's, of pickaxe against rock i gotta yeah that's a good point although some pretty big rocks out there friend all right that's true that's completely true and maybe some rusty old pickaxes but if you're ready to do the rock paper scissors shoot anything you want to do i'm ready to go i'm i think i know what i'm gonna do do you need a minute no i think i got it do you, do you want me to give you some categories? Do you want me to put no, some I'm, images in your mind? Damn. You're ready. I'm so fucking ready. All right. Okay. Here we go. You ready? But I got to do on? rock, paper, scissors, shoot, anything you want to do. And then we say it. And ideally, we're going to say it at the same time. You, All right. No retreads, so you can't say anything you've said before. And whoever compels or convinces the other that their item wins gets to have the other person review their album first. Got it. All right, here All we right. go. Here we go. Rock, paper, scissor, shoot. Anything you want to do. Dinner plate magma. size tarantula. What did I you say? Magma. Liquid hot magma. Oh, I'm trying to think about how a dinner plate size tarantula could defeat liquid hot magma, but I don't see it. I think it could. Well... No, I just think it's... I don't know, man. Unless it has flame-retardant limbs, but why would that happen? It wouldn't. It wouldn't have... It wouldn't have 
evolved to develop flame retardant limbs, at least as Unless far as it was I a can hellish see. tarantula. That's true. If, it, if I had said a hell demon dinner plate sized tarantula or a horde of hell demon sized, right? Yeah. All right. You I, should pref. You should preface everything you ever say in this game with hell demon. <laughs> <laughs> hell demon cat. Hell demon Volkswagen. Hell demon. Hell demon child's pacifier. <laughs> exactly. What does that mean? You'll find yeah, out. You'll figure it out. It's definitely okay. been in a butthole. I mean, mine. What? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Well, all right. So, so hey. you have officially won a round right. of rock paper scissors shoot. I am proud of you, and you you said it simultaneous. So really, big big baby steps here. I'm proud Thanks, of you. man. I feel like we're I feel like we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was the best one. So that being the case, I am going to be reviewing your album which you picked for us and i'm excited to talk to you about it yep the album is infiltrate period destroy period rebuild period by the band cky yep and then when i'm done with that one you're gonna review the album metazoa by cormorant yeah that's right you good to go I'm good to go. All right. When we get back from our first commercial break, we're going to dive right into it. I got a lot to say about it, and I'm looking forward to telling you my thoughts. I know you know that I am familiar with this album, and you just kind of wanted to see how it held up some 17 years later. Um, Exactly. But that being the case, it made it really easy for me to take a deep dive, and I'm I'm looking forward to talking to you about it. So when we get back from this commercial break, we'll jump right into it. All right, guys, I have something great to share with you this week. We have a new sponsor with us, big supporter of the show. Looking forward to jocking what they have going. It's really interesting. They sell candles for your home, but they're focused for metal fans. They're geared toward metal fans. It's called the Rock Your Socks Off Candle Company. And they have really interesting smells that you guys are probably all familiar with. The number one seller is the piss and beer smelling candle it smells like the sticky floor of basically every metal venue you've ever gone to that's a combination of spilled beer and some piss it takes me right back to the last concert i was at which is just amazing so i love that one they have another one that's kind of like they call it beer barf and it's just the smell of barf that's primarily beer but also stomach acid and maybe some pizza that's a very distinguishable smell takes you right back right back to the last concert that you saw and it just very nostalgic i think they got i think they're really onto something here they have one that's called loneliness that one smells like when you're at a concert and there's only about 15 other people there and it's 1:30 in the morning and the band is trying but you can tell they're obviously ready to be done because there's 15 people in the entire bar that one it's difficult to explain it if you haven't experienced it but true metalheads they get it the rock your socks off candle company i think they're onto something here run out today and buy it rock your socks off candles Bill, we're back after that word from our sponsor, Rock Your Socks Off Candles. Love those guys. And we're going to dive right into it. We're jumping into the album Infiltrate, Destroy, 
Rebuild by CKY. And this is the album you picked for me. Tell me why you picked this album, and then I'm going to go into giving you my thoughts. Absolutely. So, I felt like, man, back in the day, we all, the whole crew, our, our whole group of friends were greatly into this album. And I was I listened to it fairly recently, and I, f- I think it holds up fairly well. Uh, our tastes have sort of diverged a bit to heavier things generally, but I still think it'll, it would hold up pretty well. So I was interested to see what you thought about that. It's been such a staple in my music collection for such a long time, and then I, we sort of abandoned it. And I uh, wonder, just revisiting it, what you know, what you're gonna get, what you're gonna feel like. It's gonna be a lot of nostalgia, I, I imagine, but just objectively speaking. You know, do you think this out? Al- do you still think this album holds up? And um, I was curious to see what you thought. Perfect. Well, it was released September twenty fourth, two thousand and two, so it's a seventeen year old album now. And I'm gonna give you my thoughts, kind of in, in pieces, as we go through and we go track by track. But generally, I'll tell you, in my opinion, it holds up really well. I nice. think I think it's a nice, quick. I mean, it's just over 35 minutes, I think, in total. Yeah, it's fairly short. It, it, but the songs are are punchy and strong. So I want to kind of go through, of course, as we usually do, we'll go through each and every song. But generally speaking, I, I love this album, and I have a, a couple of bits of trivia for you that I think that you'll find interesting. So let's dive All into right. the first track from Infiltrate, Destroy, Rebuild called Escape from Hellview. track from Infiltrate Destroy Rebuild. Classic, great jam, catchy, powerful, also kind of has this, I don't know what the exact term is, it's ethereal. I think that's how you say that, but it has an aura to it of... I think it's just ethereal, but yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah it's it's got that kind of... It's not, I don't want to say ghostly, but it has a, a really identifiable vibe of the, the surroundings they're trying to put you in as you're thinking you're escaping from Hellview, which is, as everybody probably knows, CKY was the acronym for Camp Kill Yourself. And, yes. and they kind of had these lyrics of... Wait, I didn't know that. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah they, they had these lyrics of troubles and and kind of oddities and and murders and mysteries and that sort of thing at this camp and this is what escape from hellview to me was one of those tracks that kind of talked about that spookiness and trying to get out of this crazy town or place and i think it's i mean it's just a great song i love the song it's definitely a great song i get what you mean about the being ethereal 
it's spooky for you know if you really want to just yeah put it sort of straightforward i think it's it's creepy it's it's really catchy um i'd love it man it sounds so tragic in a way maybe the person's hallucinating that they're escaping right right are they actually escaping who knows in their mind are they you know right yep that's definitely a cool way to look at it and and um i'm gonna give some more information as we get through each song but i saw these guys in 2009 when they were on the carver city tour so okay I want to share a little bit with you about that once we, as we continue to march through it. But let's dive into, I think, probably the most recognizable and most commonly recognized, which is track two, Flesh Into Gear. drummer for CKY and has been since the beginning. I, yeah, that's a good one. That's uh, that's probably what introduced me to CKY, I think, probably. Um, I probably heard it, like that riff, I think it's so legit. Probably heard it uh, on one of their videos and I was like, that's pretty legit. Um, then you look into them further and realize they're doing a whole album. So it was a good right. gateway gateway drug totally and and i think that probably for most people was the case that found out about these guys because of the success of bam margera and johnny knoxville and those guys but if these guys sucked they wouldn't have been popular because they had been introduced people would have listened to them and said wow jackass is really funny and bam margera is a cool guy and this band that his brother's in is shitty but they didn't do that these guys are actually really good and this this album holds up i think it's I think there's a lot of current bands that could look back to this and say they had something going on here. It was spooky and ethereal and atmospheric without having a million different kinds of computer generated whatevers. And it's just a you know great album. It holds up and that's a three minute and six second long song and it, it kicks ass. So I like that song. Not my favorite. The next song is my favorite. The next one is called Sink Into the
I think the catchiest chorus on the album Sing to the underground. And they have that kind of drawn out guitar in the background. And without a doubt, in my mind, the best drum, I don't know if you call it a beat, but the best rhythm from the drums. I love play. I haven't shared this on the show with listeners, but you know, Phil, that I play the drums and I love playing the drums. That's one of my all time favorite beats to play is that song sinking to the other ground i love it it's um yeah that's awesome man it's a nice steady it's it's like i feel like it's fairly uh good tempo but it's it's slower noticeably and um and it really i think showcases that guy's i think it's just his voice when it comes to that sort of spooky sound i think it i think it really shines there because it's just like it's him carrying a lot of the song um when it comes to the like the tempo and the tone and um God, I love it. I lo- just the way he says, "Take it to the end." Like the way he, it's like it's like uh, it's almost like he's screaming it. Like in a, it's like he's begging for help kind of way. And um, I always thought it was really cool. I thought it was really um, sort of striking. You know, maybe a little sad even. I loved it. Me too, man. This is my favorite track on the album, and this is one of the things I wanted to share with you as we got through the kind of trivia type stuff. Did you know that CKY released a new album called Phoenix in 2017? I had no idea. And on that album, uh, Darren Miller, or Duran, but I think it's Darren, D-E-R-O-N, Darren Miller from this album, Infiltrate, Destroy, Rebuild, is no longer with the band. So Uh they had a schism, which is kind of a shame because I love these guys. And as I mentioned earlier, I saw them on August the 10th, 2009 at the Wrecker Theater in Baltimore, Maryland. And they were on the Carver City Tour. I'm sure you heard that album, Phil. Yes, I have, and um, I, you know, I, we may do it on this podcast. I won't give any thoughts right this second, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, um, probably one of their bigger albums. I was surprised they did it because it's like they didn't do anything in a couple of years. Probably about four years before that, they did um, the. Uh, it's like got a blue cover. An answer can but, be found. Yes. Yeah. And so I was like surprised they did it. So yeah, Carver City. That tour was probably sweet though. Well, I, I got to tell you, I saw I saw him live. It was a fucking great set. The lead singer sounded as good live as he does on the album, which is very impressive because he's got that raspy, really masculine sounding kind of singing to him, but it's not exaggerated. It's a, it's a, he's really singing, but with that really awesome growl to it. Um, but their their guitarist Chad Ginsburg is the man. I mean, the guy is on fire the whole time. He's super pumped up. He's got t- tons of energy, really a showman, wearing a bandana, long black hair. So- I remember him distinctly just kicking ass at that show. And That's awesome. they looked like they were having a lot of fun, but I guess behind the scenes in later years, they, they weren't getting along well, and it led to the breakdown of the band, which is a shame because this is really a great album. And they went on to make... I thought two other great albums with an answer can be found in and Carver City. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the way it goes. Though it seems uh, some of these bands that just can't can't hang on forever. So yeah. let's check out track number four, which is attached at the hip.
radiating guitar. Just that little bit of, I don't know if that the word is layering in the way that we talked about Morse Principium S has that really detailed layering with a whole bunch of different instrumentation. That's a much more complex sound, but these guys, they, I don't know the musical term for it, but it's, it's like an acoustic resonation that they put behind it to develop that backing and that atmosphere. And then the way that the lead singer whispers during that song and then comes back with the singing, they take, it's almost like, you know, when you go to somebody who really knows how to cook and you give them five ingredients and they can make you 15 dishes that are amazing. Or you take it to somebody who's average, that they take the five things and they'll put them into one or two meals and it would be good enough. But the person who's the expert, they can make you anything with those things. That's how I feel about these guys. They take their instruments, their voice, their bass, the guitar, maybe a little bit of a keyboard and the drums, and they make it so unique and, and subtle with the additions. Am I overlooking that or do you feel the same way? No, I, I, feel, I, I totally agree, man. Um, I think that's the difference. There's a little bit extra or there's a little bit more than you hear in other bands. I think a lot of bands you'd hear just some, some pretty basic chords behind it. I guess even the chords there may be basic, but it's just what they do with it. There's a, um, it's just it's it's really compelling. I think there's a, there's a little bit more going on. There's a lot of care put in this album, I think, and uh, it, I think it really shows. It really stands out. It's a 33 minute and 52 second album, which. You know, it could it could be considered uh, not enough, but for my money, and especially today, I think this is ahead of its time because those quick albums really grab people. We're so busy; everybody's so busy. Uh, an eighty, ninety, hundred minute long album is like that's torture. I yeah, yep. I also think that it's cool that when I whenever I think of that song attached at the hip, I always re- remember it as like this. The slow, sort of creepy song, but then I always forget that riff in the beginning. It's pretty catchy and upbeat and like sort of uplifting. It's probably the most um, accessible, isn't the word, but I bet it would be if you were going to put one in like a skateboard video, which you would for CKY. Like you'd put that riff in there. So oh, I think yeah. it actually, I think it's got a good variety on that song. I agree completely. Let's go to the next one, which is Frenetic Amnesic. And I'll give you a sneak peek on this one. I love this song. I love the idea of it. I think that it's just, it plays out perfectly the feeling that a person frenetic, but also not being able to remember where they were or where they are, adding to that that frantic feeling, they encapsulate it perfectly. So let's check this out.
gonna let that one play a little bit longer, Phil, because we had to hear what he says. Love it. You could be the enemy, and before that, everybody's after me. <laughs> right. I mean, he's like undermining his the, own. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's like he's like almost undermining his own um, sort of expression, where it's like, "Oh, I'm paranoid," and then he says a paranoid thing, but which I love. Um, but it really showcases the. the freneticism if you will if that's a word um inherent in the person he's talking about um or himself in that song i think it's yeah it's a panicked sort of um you know frantic kind of uh and for some reason or amnesiac so i feel like uh it's really interesting and the the lyrics and the alarm kind of like a police siren alarm style playing of the guitars in the background adds yeah, you know what I'm saying. It adds to that kind of chaos and the anarchy that the person is feeling in their mind, and it just uh, the whole thing is encapsulated by him saying, "You could be the enemy." Right. You, if that were the feeling that you had looking at your mother, or your father, or your brother, or your sister, or your your spouse, or your kids, you know, people go through that, which is that's horrifying. Sure, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, totally, it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually, it's a window into some, you know, mental health conversation, but yeah, it, totally. It, and I, yeah, you know, it's funny. I never really pieced, I never really, um, I guess associated the, the riffs with a police siren, but it totally is reminiscent of that. It's a good catch. Right. It, it adds to that. The, I, you know, just kind of the paranoia of it is you're just hearing this right. rip. It's it's repetitive enough that you're kind of it, you could forget it, but it can show back up in your brain later, and you're like, oh my god, it's there again. So, yep. yeah, I, I love I love this album, man. I, as you can tell. So let's uh, let's jump into a song that I don't love as much. These next two are the the two that kind of dr- drag down just a little bit for me. I wouldn't take them off, but I'm trying to find some criticism of this album just to be. Sure you know, uh, really, really analytical. These next two are not my favorites, but I still think they're good songs. So let's check out the next track, Shock and Terror. this song by any means i like it i think it's got a catchy chorus but i think i would like it more and you know i'm always talking about kind of repositioning the songs i think i would like it more if it were the second or third track because when it gets buddy buddied with frenetic amnesic to me it's similar in concept but not as good as frenetic amnesic so 
it's uh, it loses its individuality, I guess, in the placement. I think if it were earlier, where it was kind of mixed in with the more hard-hitting, quick, upbeat songs and had some space from Frenetic Amnesic, I think I'd like it more in the flow. But uh, that being said, it's still a great song. Yeah, um, I, I, that's what it, it was initially one of my favorites, and then kind of a couple other ones overtook it, I guess. But I think it's steady. I really like the chorus a lot. I think it's carried by the chorus, um, probably, but more so than maybe any other song on the album. The shotgun but, terror keeps me sane. It's cool. It's it, but I, it's an interesting point about how it's sort of juxtaposed with, you know, from uh, frenetic amnesia because it's like. Yeah, they're they're they are kind of similar, and they never really stuck out to me. But if you're looking at it from that perspective, I could see you being like, "Oh, it's kind of more of the same, a little bit right here." And they both have a slower tempo than the earlier tracks. You know, right, it's exactly. it's like they put that the lull of the slowdown a little. I, I think those songs coupled together weakens the second song. Yeah. All right, let's check out Plastic Plan. <laughs> say about that one to be to be fair i think that's a great display of the vocal of darren miller's vocal range in the sense that he clean sings that all and he is clean singing his voice you can tell is naturally so raspy that it's even still raspy when he's singing soft which i think is a really unique and fascinating aspect of his vocals so I respect that they tried to do that, and I think they pull it off well. But it just is not my favorite album, not my favorite song on this album. Um, it doesn't mean I don't like it. Again, I think the whole album's great, top to bottom. But this one song, I just thought was it's okay. Yeah, I um, I, this one kind of jumped out to me when I first started listening to this album. I thought it's uh because it's a noticeably um upbeat song. And a little optimistic, which I thought was sort of a contrast from a lot of the other stuff. So I always really liked it. Um, it is it's funny you mentioned that about his voice because I feel like it got so different on other albums like Carver City, uh, where he's just, I guess he's a little older of a guy. But this one, there's a softness to it, even though there's a raspiness about it. I think it gets progressively more like naturally raspy as he gets older. But this is like a, a good window into like the. The guy's talent when he was younger, you know. I mean, he's still good even when he's older. But I think um, I think it's it's noticeably different in terms of range when he's younger. And I think this song really does showcase that. Absolutely, absolutely. Where, does this fall in one of the tops for you, Phil? Do you really love this song, or is it kind of falling back? You know, I, I don't know if I'd put it in my top three. So I guess I'd have to say it falls back. Although it's, I do like it a lot. 
let's check out the next one, which I think everybody will consider a great one, which is Inhuman Creation Station. And it also has a sick video. Have you seen that video? I don't know. I don't think I have. It's it's cool. You should definitely check it out. Anybody listening who hasn't seen the video for Inhuman Creation Station, check it out. Here it goes. This one is one that I, every time I hear it, I start grooving and dancing because you just, the groove is so solid and the way that he counts down from the fourth time, the fifth time, the sixth time, and the the, the video is cool when you see that. It's this kind of claymation assembly type thing of putting together these human-like entities and, um, you know, I don't have enough good to say about this this song. I, I love this yeah. song. Yeah, it's 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 just a funny kind of concept. It's sort of a, um, I mean, I don't know if it's meant to be funny, but to me, it was always something kind of silly, tongue in cheek. Um, some, I, I guess, they're making people out of parts, and they don't have their uh, humanity to them. I don't know who's doing that or why, but it doesn't matter. It's a good song, and yeah, it's it's a very catchy, song. and it goes into a pretty nice sort of drawn out chorus too. Which I think it's it's pretty cool. Did you feel the same way that I have based upon this review? People can tell. Obviously, I think this has held up really well. When you listened to it over the past week or two, ha- have you felt the same way? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of nostalgia for me when I listen to it, but I think beyond that, I, I objectively think it's a good album. I do. So yeah, I think it's held up fairly well. And for you, is it their best? Um, damn, I don't know. I think. There's some songs from Carver City that I think are so good that I almost want to put Carver City above it, but I think probably top to bottom it's their best, although there are I really wouldn't want to do a disservice to some of the great songs on Carver City by saying that, so I'm reluctant. But I guess if I had to pick the best, this would be it. Well, you know, Volume 1 and Volume 2 were their first two albums, and they were during the big heavy jackass phase and there's some gems on there and my favorite song is from an answer can be found is called deceit is striking gold track okay. track eight deceit is striking gold I, str- I ran that out on my cd player you know many years ago but yeah uh carver city has a number one roller rager and some just unbelievable oh my God. St- love that fucking song. right i mean just some unbelievable studs but for me for my money this is the best I used to think that Carver City was because I saw them on the tour. They played a bunch of great songs from that album. But it's just the 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 quality of every single song on this CD for me. I can't I can't go to Carver City and go track for track and compare and say that it's better than this one. For me, this one it's so quick, it's so to the point, it's so captivating and atmospheric and 
emotionally kind of tied into what the theme of the music is and the theme of the song, I, I think this is the best one. So let's dive into the second to last track. This is called Sporadic Movement. Another great one. Side out. What a sweet idea for sporadic movement. Totally. I love it. it says so attentive, still not ready. Love that album. Or that album. That that lyric. Uh, I think that's really cool. Uh, it's it's neat. It's like a slap to the face. That song is. I think it's supposed to be like that. They, they really come it. out with it so hard, so quick, right in your face. And then as we're gonna hear the the last song, perfect setup. You know, when we talk about coupling. And the, the, like you used the term juxtaposition, mixing these songs or comp- getting them side by side. This song, Sporadic Movement, two minutes and 45 seconds of just right up in your face, juxtaposed with the next song, the final song from the album that's much slower and relaxed and really beautiful. I think this is a perfect placement for this song. Phil, let's check out the last track of the album here so we can kind of compare how these two juxtapose with one another. This, Go for it. This is called Close Yet Far. ideas of psychotic problems, paranoia, murders, all sorts of like really kind of, I don't want to use the term extreme as though they don't happen because they're they're relatively prevalent, but they're certainly on the fringes of a quote-unquote quote, normal person's life. They're kind of out there on the edges. Then they come back with this song, which is the most relatable thing in the world to basically everyone who has longed for someone who's been away or has missed something or some place. 
you know, it shows to me that they have the absolute ability to write the everyman song, even though they go way above and beyond that. Totally, yeah. It was almost surprising. I, I was surprised when I heard that song when I was first listening to the album way back when because um, just the tone for the rest of it was, yeah, it was something sort of eerie and inhuman and sort of a slap to the face like we said before. And this was just some sort of like fairly random ballad that you could play at like a dance. But I uh, didn't have a problem with it. I thought I'd love that song. I, I was just sort of surprised. It was almost like they wanted to put something sentimental at the end just to kind of have something on there like that. Um, but, man, I think they nailed it. I, I think it's a great song. Totally agree. And in summation for this album in whole, <clears throat> great top to, bob, top to bottom. Definitely my favorite of the three that you've had me review so far. And I, I, don't, I don't really have a bad time to put it on. It, it works if you're working out. It's great if you're going to the gym and, and driving in the car to work. It's just as good if you're hanging out with the family on the weekend because there's no really graphic, uh, gory vocals or anything like that. And the music is catchy enough with the choruses that even though your kids are singing it, they really don't know what they're singing or what they're singing about. So I, yeah. I love it. I, I think it's a great album. It's held up wonderfully 17 years later, and these guys should be damn proud, even though they're not all together. They should be damn proud because I think it's a very unique sound. It's not a common sound to have such atmosphere and dynamism to the limited instrumentation that they had, and they pulled it off perfectly, and, and the music matches the theme amazingly. I totally agree, man. It's a strong album. Um, it's, it's you got to have that album if you're into anything relatively heavy. It's you got to have it in in your collection, no doubt about it. Definitely awesome. Well, great choice on that one, Phil. As usual, I am going to after this next commercial break turn the reins over to you, and we'll see what you think about an album that is twice the length of this one. So I really gave you a lot of homework to deal with. So when we come back from the next commercial break, Phil Collins is going to review Metazoa by the band Cormorant. All right. Hello, folks. It's Jimmy Dragonslayer here. I just got back from my tour of pubs over in the UK. And I'm here with a message from Easy Wiz about your prostate. Have you been having problems? Urinating after a long show? Say no more. They got your back and your front. These these catheters are made out of pure iron. They fit easy into your urethra and they drain your bladder. If you're having problems, fear not. Easy Wiz has your back and your front. Oh, I said that already. I'm sorry. Um, and if you're a metalhead, you can rest knowing that your catheters are pure metal. Sterile, I believe. They say it's sterile. Um, and with a 100% success rate, you'll be sure to have a nice free bladder when you jam now with your friends. Thank you.
Phil, we are back from break, and it is time to dive into the album Metazoa by Cormorant. Do you want me to just play the first track and get right into it, and then you can give us your thoughts, or do you want to give me a little preliminary thought? I'm going to tell you what. Beforehand, I want to ask you a trivia question. And one of these is false, and one of the, and that's all, or one of these is true, excuse me. Um, and you have to guess which one. If you don't get it right, I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> um, all right, ready? Metazoa is the name of a Godzilla villain. Cormorant is a kind of bird. Cormorant is from Florida. Which one of those is the true piece of information? Cormorant is a bird. There it is. Good guess. I thought you were going to go with uh, Metazoa being a Godzilla villain. but <laughs> What is Metazoa? <laughs> Metazoa is a classification of beings that don't include protozoa and something else. I forgot. It's a um, it's just a really broad classification of uh, living things. Is what it is. Here, I'll look it up right now. A major division of the animal kingdom that comprises all animals other than protozoans and sponges. They are multicellular animals with differentiated tissues. Love it. That's what Metazoa, and it fits totally into the front of the album where the guy's dumping, uh, I guess the god, dumping out like the sea out of his like cauldron. You know what I mean? I always saw that as a female figure, but you see that as a guy? Yeah, I guess I did. I don't really know if it, I think, oh, it looks like a lady. Yeah, maybe you just see, so you go around your day. No, I think it looks like a guy. Yeah, I think you go around your uh, life just finding everyone as a man. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, I'm a sexist. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You chauvinist bastard. Oh my god, we're learning a lot. Of, I'm learning a lot about myself. Well, that's what this um, podcast is about, bro. <laughs> right. It's it's growth. <laughs> okay. If you're ready, I am totally ready. All right, sweet. Wait, to I love starting off with the trivia, and I'm glad you you gave me a softball because I love these guys. So I've I've done a little bit of research in the past, but let's hit number one: Scavengers Feast. Do it. Phil, tight, awesome. opening track. Tell me your thoughts. All right, so right off the bat, I'd say that riff reminded me a little bit of Painted Black from um, the uh, Rolling Stones, but which is a good thing. I, 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 every time I listen to that, these songs, I like to do like a stream of consciousness kind of like association. So um, it jumped out to me. I thought it was really bleak and pretty. Um, really like the scream. And I gotta tell you, man. There's a there's a riff at, that starts at it comes in at 2:43, and it actually ends a little too early in my opinion. But it comes back, which is nice, and it's one of the it's probably the best riff on this album. Wow! It's 
It's uh, you know, talking about. It almost reminds me of Agalach's falling snow in that it's so pretty and obvious and tragic. Um, but it's so fucking good. There, the lyrics I wanted to say are so crazy. So I, when it goes, heroes are the victors, butchers, all their rapes and all their tortures, cleansed by rain, rains of gold and years of rot. The human god mirrors the human brain. So that was a really interesting uh, piece of lyrics. And I was a little pissed off because I had I that's what I wrote in my Christmas card last year, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's still really good. Uh, I th- I think it's a great song. It's probably my one of my top three on the album. Um, really intense, brutal. Um, it's almost like black metal ish in the with the shrill kind of sound. And I think this band is categorized a lot of different ways. I saw some black metal and progressive. And also melodic death, and I think that this uh, this song particularly captures all of those things. You know, so I love it. What, Great song. There's there's so much. Unlike the CKY album, there is so much density and complexity and shift and change within each and every track on this album. You could almost do a review of a like an episode on each track. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Do you remember the part in this song where there's a brief period of time where you kind of, it sounds like you walk up on some people chatting. They're like talking, not in whispers, but it's almost like you're walking up on a group of people talking with one another, but it's indistinguishable what they're saying. And it's almost like a a paranoid person thinking that other people are talking about them. Um, no, that sounds awesome. It's, um, it's about two thirds, two thirds of the way through the song. And then it, it ends with this bass riff. That's just like, God damn, these guys are awesome. And you know, this, uh, this band particularly, you hear a lot of really good bass work. They really showcase that. Totally. The first couple times I listened to the album and this, this was something that I came across by accident. I just typed into, I remember distinctly, I typed into CD baby's website Agaloc, and I okay. wanted to have bands that sounded like Agaloc, and I wanted to see, and this was one of the first that came up, and wow. so I bought their CD, and I was just blown away, and yeah. then I kind of kept coming back to it, and the more that I've done it, and I've lo- I've listened to this song under the influence of some different substances over time, and, and this album under the different the influence of a few different substances over time, and it allows you to kind of dive even deeper into it. And, uh, man, I love this. I love this CD and I love this song and it's super, super complex. So I'm glad that you liked it. Oh yeah. Well, you want to jump in? Let's do it. Uneasy lies to the head. Number two. Yep. No, sorry. I said uneasy lies to the head. It's uneasy lies the head. Yes. That's fine.
All right. So this song, um, love the beginning. But it, it's funny because it, it starts off as fairly standard death. Uh, but then that... Dun, 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 dun. I was writing that for some reason in my like head. I was saying that sounds jungly to me. I don't know what that means. Jun- like in the jungle. I don't know why. But um, it comes in. There's a there's a riff at about uh, a minute and 34 seconds in that has this piercing machinery kind of sound. And it's so fucking good. I think... It's one. It's maybe the second best riff from this album, and I gotta tell you, um, this song goes on and on and on, and I and it's got so many things. I couldn't possibly pick one highlight. I think it's one of the best songs I've or progressive songs I've heard in like ten years, and it's easily the best one on this album. Wow! I'm so excited to hear that you like this. Uh, that, yeah, that song is so fucking good. I was like, okay, pretty good. And then it just doesn't stop. It just kicks your ass. It's so it's so good. I am so, so excited to hear you say that, Phil, because this album means a lot to me. And this song in particular has so much complexity, so many changes in it. And then the yeah, way man. that it ends where they're kind of all chanting, whoa. Right. When they threw that in there, I was like, yeah, you know what? Why not? That sounds cool, too. Right. <laughs> I was so I, happy. Was exactly. It's almost like, you know, you're sitting there listening, thinking, Bands all around the world are sitting around struggling to come up with six cool ideas for an entire album. And they have like 12 awesome parts to this song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this song is so strong. It's, you can't, I, I got, I just, I'm obsessed with it. You really cannot go wrong with the song in any, in any sense. That, that, um, if there's any drawback to this album, it's that the songs are so good. The individual songs are so good that you, you kind of get stuck on them and like you replay them and you don't even finish out the back half of the album. Right. No, no doubt. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. It like comes out swinging and you're like, it, I can see how you could forget um, a couple of songs in the back, even though they're all, I, well, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great song. I like even at the end, it's like did it. It's like these are a few of my favorite things. That's what reminded me of like the Christmas <laughs> song <laughs> or whatever it is. I guess. But I was like, that's so. It's so catchy, man. So strong. Song. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's. I'm I'm super pumped that you love this album. So let's go to the next song. Track three is Salt of the Earth. on the start there they kind of bring it down what do you think i like it it's like it, it's almost reminds me of a nice easy jazz guitar almost something um something pretty relaxing when he does come in singing it guy reminds me a little bit of uh, michael akinfeld from opeth the song reminds me a little of something you might hear off of damnation okay yeah um, I can see that. which which you know I, I like a lot um it's got a little bleakness about it um but calm there's a cool riff at around four minutes and 40 seconds and at the end, where it, it kind of goes like, da, 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 da. the tuning almost reminds me of the song Here of the Day 
off a load from Metallica, and I thought it was really cool. It has a, um, I don't really know the word, but it's, it's something comforting about it. I, I, I really thought it was, it's a nice song. It's a, it, it's a good bring it, bring, bring it back down a little bit, um, kind of, kind of song. And to, to your point about coupling songs together, I think it's a pretty good pair with the one before it. And around two minutes and 40 seconds, it does tend to pick up a little bit. I mean, it definitely gets more aggressive, yeah. but it has that initial positive where you get a chance to breathe and then they step it back up and my i think my favorite part of the whole song is at five minutes and 30 seconds there's a guitar solo that just blows your brain out and yeah you know they're finished they're kind of wrapping up the song with the best part and the solo just crushes it so i, I love that song yeah yeah this band is oh it seems like they're definitely good for a solo at the end. They always give you. A, they really reward you from for listening to the whole song. Agreed. Agreed. It's like the icing on the cake is at the end of the songs. But I, I'm anxious. I'm anxious because I want you to give me your thoughts on the next one because it's my favorite, and it's it's called right. "Blood on the Cornfields." That reminds me of something really um, out of Gothenburg, Mellow Death, like Old in Flames. Really sounds like it could be on the Jester race. And the part where it goes, where it's like, duh, 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 then it comes back in a higher tune, which is, duh, duh, duh. I love that so much. Uh, I don't know if that's like, I don't think it's called point counterpoint, or but it's like it's complementary riffing, um, and it's I, I think it's so fucking catchy. It it, it has the song it feels nostalgic. It's like a song of. It has a familiarity, but it does not sound trite in any way. I actually think this is uh, this is a top three song on the album. For yes, me. yes. And, and the um, yeah, and the the riff man at two minutes in, there's like open two that just it's so damn catchy. I, I can't. It reminds me, you know that that band's um, slow fag where they do high yes. passage. Dun, dun, dun. It's a little bit of that, like that kind of uh, tempo, and uh, it just never stops, never never lets you down. It's a great fucking song. Because I love this song unendingly, I have read and reread and read and reread the lyrics while it's been playing a bunch of times. And I think it's a total disservice to the song to not read the lyrics because Art's vocals are so deep and so growling. They're a little bit indistinguishable, but once you read the lyrics as you hear them, it's burned into your brain. And the way that it opens up, he says, I'm not going to do the guttural element, but I'm going to say it. And when people go back and listen to it, they'll, they'll it'll be very audible. He says, August in Virginia, okay. a warm brandy night in 1831. Hidden in woodlands, seven slaves discussed the freedoms to be won. Christ's blood on the cornfields, a benighted hand to suffocate the sun. I mean, it, then it goes on, and my absolute favorite part of this album, and perhaps my favorite, I know this is going to be a John McClain, 
but it might be my favorite part of any music I've ever heard. Okay, awesome. At two minutes and 15 seconds, when he screams three times, was Christ not crucified? You know, to to me, I don't know. There's going to be plenty of people out there who are not devout or faithful, and, and, and religion is not that strong in the metal community necessarily, or at least on the outside looking in. But as a Catholic guy and a Christian guy, the way that he sets up this song, all about the blood on the cornfields, slaves escaping, and then trying to recruit the slaves to be warriors, to fight for your side, and then talking about what just screaming was Christ not crucified to me was so deep because it exemplifies in three words, no, four words, was Christ not crucified. In four words, it exemplifies every situation that a person has been in where they know they are right and the world will not accept it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, totally, man. It's like, it takes some serious fortitude because we're all, we're shaped very much by our surroundings and our opinions uh, or the opinions of our, of the people surrounding us. And to be, um, to just totally buck that, it takes some balls, man. And it takes, uh, I don't know, this sort of innate or instinctive kind of rejection of what's around you. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's, I think it's pretty powerful. And it's, I thought the, when I first read the lyrics, I kind of assumed it was about a lynching. And then I, which I was like, oh God, that's sad. And, uh, and it's still very sad, but it, I like the idea that it's about like maybe a revolt or something sort of, sort of, um, repudiating, you know, the, the, the system, the way of life back then. Right. It's a crazy, crazy deep song. And the music is amazing to go with such a deep song. And this is a, to me where I'm going to just keep jocking these guys so hard because it, the initial singer was a guy named Art. His name's full name's Arthur, but he, as I understand it, he goes by Art. And he was the singer on this album. But get this, as I understand it, and I, again, this is from a couple of years ago, I can't find the article, but the guy is a video game developer. So he's not, on, not nice. only an incredibly deep lyricist with clearly an intellect that is unmatched by a lot of folks, and has the balls to sing so deep and so guttural that he could probably kick my ass in any fight. But he also is so cool that the guy makes video games and he like just basically said, I don't have time to do the band anymore. I'm going to go make video games. What a cool guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I wanted to, that's awesome. I wanted to say one thing. Um, there's a YouTube comment of the day that I want to introduce. It's not really a comment as much as it's a, I think a pretty funny classification of the song. So the YouTube label, it says artist Cormorant album Metazoa year 2009 genre is Tiberian ass bastard folk. (laughs) (laughs) How good is that? (laughs) They put that in the description. Like it was nothing. Like that's just a normal thing to call this, this album. I love it. Any, any characterization for this band at, you know, in any given 30 second snippet could be accurate. Exactly. It could be Enya. It could be Cannibal Corpse. It could be right. anything for thirty seconds. They're probably everything. And the other, the other thing yep. that I want to say about Art or Arthur von Nagel, he was the lead vocalist and the bass bass guitarist. So wow. the, nice. the guy was an a little Getty Lee type. Yeah, deal. I mean the guy was an incredible, incredible influence. So just like we heard with CKY, this band is now continuing on in the absence of their real lead singer. But um, unlike CKY, I will say I think this band, Cormorant, has gone on to put out 
a bunch of really good albums after Art has left. For my money, not uh, Dwellings, Earth Diver, or Diaspora. None, none of them were as good as Metazoa, but they're all really good. Um, yeah. Whereas Phoenix for CKY, I was a little let down by. But all right, let's jump back into the tracks. I'm so uh, you just you made my day, Phil, that you like that song. Oh, I'm glad, man. All yeah. Right, let's get into the longest song. I want to get your take on this one. It's 11 minutes and 16 seconds, which, as far as albums go, I mean, I think the first four that we heard, they're all about seven minutes on average. Some are 7:30, some are 6:30, yeah. but let's call it a seven-minute average. If they had put out a four-track EP of just those first songs, it probably would have been the best EP ever. Uh, be pretty damn strong, no doubt about it. But they keep going, and here's where they they really go for a long while. It's called Hanging Gardens. Track number five, Cormorant Metazoa. It's like a noir, jazzy kind of feel, maybe funk or something. Um, it's almost like a, I, I imagine a guy investigating something in, when that 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 part's on. Um, it slowly builds into a scream, which I like. There's a, there's a lot of it's like there's some there's like double bass drumming or pedaling, and it's got a heaviness obviously because it's screaming, but it's still muted in a way, or, and I think it's kind of cool. It doesn't totally break from that sort of like I said noir sort of dreary or dreamscape kind of kind of vibe. And then there's really good clean singing. When they say, through the bars I see the fields, the stars are mere cogs in ox cart wheels, the earth a pebble in a stream, but not one human to be seen. I think that's a really, really catchy part. And at the end, there's like a dun-dun-dun-da-da-da. It reminds me a little bit of Strapping Young Lad, um, and I really I really like it. it it's so it kicks a lot of ass, but it's, it's just, it's such a good um, sort of showcasing of their ability to play whatever because it's so peaceful and pretty at the same time were you turned off by the length i was a little nervous that when i sent this album your way you were gonna think oh man some of these songs drag on but i don't feel that way but i wonder if, if that got to you at all now you know what it is to that and i don't know if they did this on purpose but um there are, there are parts that i wish went longer and then when you keep listening they return so it's so like i said they reward you for listening so i don't really have a problem with that because there are things i want to hear again and i'm they usually come back if i keep listening so like um so no i don't i don't have a problem with the length i've lo- i love this album so much that i remember there was a week a couple years ago where i think i listened to like just one or two of the songs like the whole day on repeat just one or two of them just to really digest them because there's so much shit going on that I yep. wanted to make sure I really got it all. And that's kind of the way I've been... Some, I go through spurts where I will listen to a shitload of new music and I give each album like maybe two tracks before I move on. And then there are yep. other ones where I, I just 
take a deep, deep dive and I can't get out of it. I just keep listening to it over and over and over. And this is one that immediately drew me and I had to keep listening to it. Yep. Okay, let's go to the next song, the shortest, or second shortest on the album, three minutes and 38 seconds, which is a good place when you're just finishing an 11-minute jam. So this is called The Crossing. So that's The Crossing. I thought The Crossing was a little filler-esque, um, but then it grew on me a lot. It kind of reminded me of an inexpensive scotch. That's, that's what I wrote down. <laughs> Where you're like, oh, it's okay. And then you keep drinking, and you're like, oh, this is actually pretty good. And that's how I feel. That song gets better with each listen. There's a, um, there's pretty good parts from, I wanted to say, I couldn't really quite put my finger on when, I, when it started, but probably about 1.45, minute 45 seconds in. Uh, really grows on you. Then it, it changes a little bit, I think, at like two minutes. And, that, and those riffs get ro- woven into all the music afterward. Um, so it, it's even for this short little song. There's a lot of layers, and um, it's like it's it's just it, I, it's a nice sort of refreshing break from the length. Not that I had a problem with the length, but I think this band really shows you that they can do anything. They could put out a whole album of just four minute songs if they wanted, and I, I it's 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 impressive to me. Totally. If they wanted to do a CKY infiltrate destroy build type album, I know they could do it. Right. So it's like they're not long because they don't they don't know what to do. They do long songs because that's just what they want to say. That's they a, got so a, much to say. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I thought the crossing is great song. I this is as I told it's you before. As I said before, it's in my top five all time. So to me, it's basically perfect. I, yeah. The, you know, the only thing that I would change if I could about this album is I would change the production. I think this was self-produced. So, so at times the the instrumentation all sounds sound, come, kind of um, uniform in volume. And, okay. and I don't hear, you know, when you listen to like Unleash the Archer's Apex album, when we listen, when you listen to that one and you listen to this one side by side, the production of Apex is unbelievable. Yeah, God, Apex is so fucking good too. Um, the, the, but yeah. the, the you know the, every element of the different dynamic pieces are captured in that production whereas I think that's why it's taken me so many listens of Metazoa to get all of the pieces because some of them are hidden because they're right alongside everything else they're not pro- they're not promoted that's or true, trumped yeah. to the front that's a good point yeah but all right, let's jump into the next one here. It's called Hole in the Sea.
One thing I keep forgetting to mention, and I want to make sure I do it before you give me your thoughts on this one, yeah. is they have the violins occasionally. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, you wonder where, I mean, where are these guys getting such talent that they're able to pull in violins, this unsigned independent band from San Francisco, right. just kicking ass. I mean, it's crazy to me. So, anyway, give me your thoughts on that one, Phil. Okay, I liked it. I, um, I liked that. I mean, I can see how that singing would be off-putting in a way, but um, I, it's, I like it. It's like this, he's, he sounds dried up. It sounds about the sea, but he sounds dried up and like sort of just withering. And I like the lyrics where he said, She spat my soul onto a planet of dust. My thoughts dissolved into the grain. We all became women. The sun gazed with lust. He took her and fathered the rain. It's almost like a guy... It's almost like a, a, someone being, like, used up in this sort of elemental process and spat out. And uh, I, I think it's really interesting. It's sort of a, it's kind of an indictment of Mother Nature, I guess, in a way. But it's also, it's just, um, it's, really, it's really poetic, and it really puts you there with the guy, the way he sings it. What did you think of the end when he screams, I am your mortal coil, and there's this kind of female background echoing that? It's it's like I've it, to me it sounds like, yeah it's someone caught up in it I, I think it's it's fucking awesome and uh, I really think it really grabs the the theme of the song so I, I I like that awesome awesome well I I think by the time your first listen through this CD you get to this song uh, you're almost at least in my recollection you're almost unable to remember how many great things you've already heard you're kind of just like yeah, uh, you've been exposed to so much great new shit already. You're kind of like, I kind of want to go back and and start totally. over. So, this is where it starts to be a struggle for me. I had that problem when I listened to it because I I, I was like, yeah, I got to listen to the whole album, obviously, but I don't want to. I want to spend my time listening to uh, Blood on the Cornfields. <laughs> right, know. right, right. Like, yeah, you you almost have to like set aside time and say, all right, today I'm only going to start at track five and listen to the back half of the album right. because it's it's that good. But all right, let's check out another stud, The Emigrant's Wake. Yeah. So it's funny because like we're talking about the length of these songs, and we're not we're not obviously not going to sit here and play like a ten minute song, but you know it sucks that we can't we're not we're never going to totally do justice to the complexity of these songs and this one in particular because there's a that's that's an amazing intro it's like dreary but pretty and peaceful almost it reminded me of like the ocean wavy um, but there's yes. a, there's a part. Um, at around three minutes where the sludgy kind of riff comes in and it's got some blast beats real quick blast beats um 
and it kind of goes back back and forth with that and i love that part um i wish and i remember i was writing it as I, I write notes as i listen to it and i was thinking man it really ended abruptly and that kind of sucks but then they bring it back which is like to the point that i was making earlier and there, there's a really good line where it says the ocean leaves no graves which i fucking make it so fucking metal and, I was uh, just I was just gonna read that part to you. I love that part. He <laughs> says, "Walk in, walk into the waves as the footprints fade away. Oceans leave no graves. All our legacies decay." It's so fucking legit. Um, really strong song. And I really had a pro. I have a problem not putting it on my top three. So I had an issue because I I wanted to put Scavengers Feast on these lies of the head and Blood in the Cornfields and this in top three. So I I would make us. This and Blood in the Cornfields are like three A and three B, which is really just saying four. But, <laughs> but yeah, I no, I hear you, man. I hear you. It's like it's like picking kids. I'm telling yeah. you, it's a it's a brutal brutal exercise. Yeah. And then I'm kind of interested to see because that one is so dynamic, but ten minutes and it goes by in a flash. Let me let me hear what you think of Sky Burial after we hear this one. Okay. that part the beginning or uh, when he sings where he's like we'll yeah. shape the world. it's so it, it's so catchy and it's clean and again it's this band showing you that they could do anything they wanted if they wanted to make just a clean singing album they would fucking kill it um love the lyrics as god machines with our arms will shape the world with this breath we become the world um just just the the, the kind of the kind of lyrics you'd expect from a progressive metal band with an album called metal zoa you know what i mean it's just so like yeah that makes sense like it's about creation it's it's big ideas um it's metal as fuck it's brutal uh love it love that love that song don't you consider this kind of an intellectual album sure yeah i get that you know putting this on while you're playing a game of chess is like the dream right exactly I, when i'm getting my ass kicking chess yeah i'm like yeah <laughs> I was like, well, I'm getting, I really appreciate the superior intellect that I'm facing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just getting inside outed by a robot uh, computer. Right, chest I'm getting, <laughs> yeah, I'm literally choke slammed basically by this. Well, proverb, uh, you know, figuratively. <laughs> but yes. All right. Well, let, let's let's juxtapose this one, which to me felt like the perfect second to last track because it seemed almost like it was the last gasp of like, give it your all, right? Like kind right. of this last like push of, Ugh, and it even sounds not tired, but it sounds like strained in the sense of they, they made it sound like it was a, a challenge to get that one out. And then let's compare that to Voices of the Mountain, the closer track. Crap. Thank you. 
song, this song makes me want to go down to Renfest and get a turkey leg. But I love it. Um, it that like, it's sort of muted. It reminds me a little bit of Iron um, or Allison Chain's "The Jar of Flies" EP, and particularly um, that song "Nutshell" for whatever reason. But it's sort of uplifting, despite that. I think it's a really, I think it's really pretty. I really, and it, it's, I, I'm sort of shocked they did that. It doesn't really sound like anything else in the album. And uh, but I, I thought it was a great ending. I think the only way to describe it is beautiful. Yeah. It's very pretty. And it's, it's, I don't know if there's rain in the background. I thought I was hearing that. Um, just, a, just a very self-reflective kind of um, song. Uh, I wouldn't call it a ballad, but just, just a purposefully peaceful and pretty kind of ending. And I, I like when bands do that. I like when there's a sentimental kind of idea. Um, I don't really know why. I guess I'd like things to be on an optimistic note, and I really thought it was a good end. Great ending to a great album. And the way I'd like to describe it as a concluding track is the whole rest of the album, we're talking about the complexity of the singing, the drums, the bass, the orchestral, the violins, all that stuff. But the guitars are really amazing too. And you hear that in this last track. The acoustic layering of those guitars is amazing. And there's guitar solos everywhere. There's riffs fucking everywhere on this album that blow your mind. So yep. there is there isn't a weak point. It's all good. I had an issue with that when I was writing down um, like this like my thoughts as I was listening. I was like, oh, good riff at this, good solo here. But then you just write that so much that it's like I would just be bombarding people with like, here's a good riff, here's a good solo, here's a good riff. You know, it's just it's almost too much. It's like it's it's like you're just repeating yourself. You the 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 sort of stream of consciousness review is kind of it gets really redundant especially with an album like this but that's a good problem to have though or it's an exciting problem to encounter because you're like wow this fucking shit is so good i think the best way to review it is to say just go experience it you have to really like you said earlier we can't sit here and play the whole the the whole thing you gotta go spend some time with this album because you'll be deeply rewarded deeply rewarded you absolutely should if you're I mean, and, and so, you know, this band seems like they've gone through some changes. Like I was reading, they were thrashy kind of metal, melodic death, black. I would consider this a progressive death metal album. And if you're even a little bit interested in death metal or progressive metal at all, you would be doing yourself a disservice to not listen to this album. It's a, It's got to be a top five. Uh, if, if you want to say progressive, I think you've you got to put it in there. It's up there with classics i mean i'm a big i love opeth I, I love dream theater anything that they've done this this album will stand up to easily i'm so so happy to hear that because i really thought that if you gave it a good chance you'd like it as much as i do because we have had in the past similar experiences with metal and kind of similar affinities for certain things I just find this album undeniably great. If you're going to give it an honest shake and really spend time with it, it can't miss. There's, there's, it's, it's hard to criticize it. What, what, where can you go and say, okay, we're going to take 70 minutes and it's going to be this detailed, complex, intricate. It's going to be self-produced. It's going to be totally inspired. I, I don't know. It's just I've never. I have. I found this album. I think I want to say I came across this album in 2009 or 2010, and I haven't been able to find anything that got me this hard since it, <laughs> but, except for maybe Apex. It's 
I, I yeah. still think I though those have been the probably the two that have grabbed me most right. in this complex, difficult to just kind of absorb and you want to go back and back and back and listen to it again and again. Yep. And I think if I got if I had gun to my head favorite song favorite and what's gonna get stuck in my head aren't necessarily the same thing but i think blowing the cornfields will be in my head forever just those riffs man god damn it i can't they're so good so catchy man well i as always phil i am grateful to you for taking the time out of your life to spend some time with some metal that i love so deeply totally and i I look forward to our next episode and i think we're gonna add a little bit of an element to this we're going to do a, a closeout quote from a comedian as we wrap up. So I, I got one ready to go for this week. But tell us what album you're going to have me review next time on the Great Heavy Music Podcast. Okay, awesome. The next album that I want you to review, I feel a little bit like, ooh, is this too obvious or easy? But I want you to do Between the Barrier and Me, the, um, the Silent Circus. Okay, I haven't. You know what? I I look forward to that because I haven't spent a lot of time I think with it's that. It's been a while since we heard nearly, that. Yeah, yeah, I haven't spent nearly as much time with that one as I have with Colors yep. and even their their most recent one, Automata. So, okay, perfect. The one I got for you is Windier eleven eighty four. Okay, I'll, all right. do you know anything about Windier? Nothing. Never heard of. Them. Man, I'm excited. Okay, perfect. So next week we will do Windier 1184 and we will do The Silent Circus by Between the Buried and Me and we'll close up this one with the late, great Mitch Hedberg and I think the exact quote is, when I was a kid I used to lay in my twin size bed wondering where my brother was. (laughs) Classic. Until next time, Phil, you are the man and this was the Great Heavy Music Podcast. Great, see you guys later.